time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. It's another edition of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Walter Storholt here alongside Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting with an office in Greensboro on Mears Chapel Road. You can find us online at greensbororetirement.com. Click on free consultation if you want to set up a time to meet with Glenn in the near future. And Glenn, uh, I should wish to you a happy 2019. Hope you had a happy new year. I did, Walter. How about you? Yeah, it was fantastic. You know, it's always a struggle each year to stay up, you know, till that midnight tick of the time to get to the top of the hour. But uh, I think we made it this year, which was nice. (laughs) All right. Well, we've got a great show on the way for today's program, and we're going to be talking a little bit about some of the things that are distractions that throw you off of your financial game. I think it's easy to get distracted by the Oh, we'll call it shiny objects of the financial world. And I'm wondering if you can give us some tips on today's show, Glenn, of how we can avoid these shiny objects and why they throw so many people off track in the first place. The first one is being impressed by those sales brochures. You know, a lot of money sometimes goes into these, you know, financial presentations and the materials. And it's impressive sometimes to see a slick thick, heavy brochure to look through and kind of get all enticed. Almost like you're going on vacation. You're looking at those thick brochures, getting you excited about, you know, going to Cancun or something like that. But no, it's about a financial product instead. Right, right. Well, like you say, Walter, I mean, companies spend a lot of money on that, you know, and it's called marketing. And, uh, you know, that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It just means that they have a point of view, right? And their point of view is, in most cases, they're trying to sell a product or at least put it in the right light or the best light that they possibly can. So the key question is, to when you're looking at those kinds of things, it's certainly they can look pretty and they can say some nice things. The key question that I always have is that, you know, you're going to encounter that and this product versus that product, you know, they're all likely to have, you know, those kind of brochures. The question is, you know, the things that they do for you, the the greatest benefits, are they giving you the benefits that you particularly need? Or are they benefits that are being created that might be more valuable or advantageous for somebody else? And so that's the value, I think, for somebody like me being independent is that we can look at all those different things. And, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there. The challenge, though, is making sure that when you come across a a really good financial product or insurance policy or an investment or whatever the case may be, is that it really needs to fit the person that you're talking with. And there's never a one size fits all. So somebody like myself, it's my job to make sure that, you know, you're looking at the things that are going to be advantageous to you. And and I just would always, you know, beat the drum very hard that don't get taken in by some glitzy brochure or sales marketing piece. It's like there's a lot of those things out there, but really just because it looks good doesn't mean it's the right fit for you. It might be the right fit for somebody else. Typically, you know, anything that's out there has got a place to be put, but it may not be with you. And you just want to make sure that what are you looking for and is ultimately this the right thing for you? Always the question you should ask really after each one of these examples we'll give on the show today. So sales brochures, often something that can throw you off track. If It doesn't mean that if you see a nice looking sales brochure or something like that, that you should run the other direction. Just know what you're looking at and uh, exactly. make sure you read that fine print, as you mentioned, Glenn. What about hypothetical projections? Sounds like a big word. We're talking just about like saying, hey, you, you could have you know X, Y, or Z in the future, Is that sometimes painted in a little bit too rosy of a picture? 
Well, they can be, Walter. But when you were looking at something where you're, you're trying to go into the future and get an idea of, well, what could this end up being like or, you know, what is this likely to turn into? When you start looking into the future, well, the future hasn't happened yet. And so any type of projection is just automatically, it's inherently hypothetical unless you have something that has, you know, certain guaranteed values around it. And then it's, you know, the guarantees are typically going to be subject to the, the claims paying ability of a particular company. If there's anything that's there that is projecting, you know, what, you know, a market or an index might do, well, we don't know exactly what the future is going to bring. And I mean, there are times where, I, you know, I use those kinds of projections. But, you know, one of the first things I tell folks is, is we got to realize that, you know, after the first year, when we look at this, it's going to be different because the odds of the market or the index performing exactly as this illustration is showing you for that year is next to none. I mean, it's either going to perform better than that or not as good as that. And then once that happens, then you have to go back and look at an enforce illustration and say, well, we know what's the past was been, but we, again, we're projecting into the future. So you always have to look at that. And I always try to really guide folks to say, you know, always take those things with a grain of salt. I really try to you know, use them as a resource to say, well, we could potentially have this or we could potentially have that rather than as a tool to try to, you know, say, hey, well, this is what it's going to be. Well, anybody that looks at a hypothetical illustration and tries to tell you that this is what's going to happen, you better, you know, think about it. And maybe maybe good advice would be to get up and walk away because we know that it's hypothetical and we know that it's going to be different than what's being shown. And if those are being shown in the right light, it's just is looking and saying, okay, well, in the past, some of these situations have happened. This is our best guide for going forward. But you know, like I say, you've got to have it with a grain of salt and take a look at it and say, okay, well, this might happen, but it, you know, it could be better, it could be worse, but it's going to be different. And I don't think enough advisors that are out there really emphasize the fact that it's going to be different. You know, it's never going to be exactly what you're looking at if you go out into the future a year or two. It's going to start to change because the future hasn't been written yet. That's very true. Uh, That's an accurate statement, Glenn. The future has not been written yet. (laughs) Exactly right there. It's what it is, Walter. I mean, it's important that folks really get that and understand that. And, And if they're not hearing that from who they're sitting with as an advisor, then that should be a really big red flag. You said something in the last podcast that I really liked, Glenn. I'd actually had never heard that saying. I don't know why. Maybe it's a more popular one. But for some reason, I've gone through life never hearing it. What was it with the uh, you can't control the wind, but you can control oh, the sails? Yeah, you can't control the wind, but you can control your sails. Yeah, I like right? that. You don't know what's going to happen, but you can react or respond. You're in control of that, right? Yeah. You never know exactly what's going to take place. But if you're trying to navigate through life, you know, you've got to have strategies and flexibility to be able to deal with whatever, you know, comes your way. And obviously, it's kind of an analogy. If you're out on a boat, you can't control how much the wind is going to blow or what direction, but you can, you know, adjust your sails in order to try to make it work as best you possibly can. We're talking about these top distractions that might throw you off of your financial game. Some of these have to deal with looking for an advisor to work with. What about an advisor who has testimonials and references that they can offer? Oh, I can offer you references of, you know, multiple clients if you need it. Just let us know or, or that kind of thing. Is that a distraction? That seems like it might have some purpose, right? Well, Walter, I mean, you got to you know, say you got to take that with a grain of salt, too, right? I mean, if anybody's been in the any kind of business, whether it's the financial services business 
or you know in a restaurant business or what you pick one whatever business you want to have they're going to have testimonials and they're going to have situations where they've got clients that think the world of them and certainly if that advisor or that business is you know had somebody that didn't have something good to say they're not likely to be sharing you know a, a negative review so to speak you know it's like you're not going to go to a restaurant and they've got you know up on the wall where somebody thought it was the worst restaurant they've ever been in i mean they're not going to put that up so if they're offering you references and testimonials Again, you got to take it with a grain of salt. That doesn't mean that they're not worth anything, but it also means that, you know, you've got to realize that typically, you know, folks are always going to try to, you know, position themselves in the best light when it comes to that. And so you, you know, you really got to, you know, pay attention to that. It's also very true that depending upon, you know, what kind of different options they have to put your money into when it comes to, you know, the SEC, I mean, they they don't allow for testimonials. And so it's a situation where, you know, they they feel like if anybody is touting themselves like that, then they're being promissory in nature. And so they simply don't allow it. So, you know, it's one thing that you've got to really be aware of that people need to know. And that's kind of good advice, no matter what area of life you're in, you really have to look at other things as well. You know, not just that. Yeah, very true. Makes sense, Glenn. And that's uh, testimonials, references, beware of. That's kind of a, just a tricky road to navigate. A lot of people probably don't even realize that, you know, financial advisors in most situations aren't supposed to be using those. Lots of rules, certainly, around that. What about awards, Glenn? I've seen some advisors tout that they've won, you know, multiple five-star awards or, you know, writing awards and kind of all these, you know, different crazy awards items. Does that give any kind of legitimacy to an advisor's abilities? Well, sometimes. Again, it's like you say, I mean, a lot of times those awards are coming from a particular financial institution. You know, maybe they, that particular agent or that representative has sold a lot of their products and whatnot, and and so they can get awards like that. Well, that's not necessarily what you're looking for, you know, unless what they're selling is really fitting your needs. And that's an open question, right? But, you know, just because somebody has produced a lot of sales for a particular company doesn't mean that they're going to be a good advisor for you and what you're needing, you know, help with. I guess, you know, kind of an overall topic of or a theme, so to speak, when we're talking about this topic in this podcast is that you really have to take a lot of these things with a grain of salt. It's not a bad thing that somebody's won an award, but sometimes it's put in a light that is bigger than what it really ought to be. You know, folks achieve things. They should be proud of that. But, you know, and they maybe want to share that with folks, but it's not the end all and be all. It's, you know, what really is more important that is, is that you've got, you know, clients that are happy with the service that they're getting and and they're happy with the plans that they've got. And you're not normally getting an award for that from any company. You know, companies are more oriented to, you know, selling their products. And so that's why I, I like being independent because I can turn to this company or that company, depending upon what the need or desire is versus, you know, having to be, you know, placing all business with one particular company. That becomes a scenario where it's very hard to do the right thing by the client. And it's much easier to do the right thing by the client when you can turn in multiple directions and find what's really going to meet their needs the best. Last but not least, Glenn, as we're looking at some of these financial distractions, specifically looking at, you know, certain things that an advisor might put out there to sort of distract you or maybe things that we just need to kind of get a peek behind the curtain. What about professional designations? You know, an advisor who has 
you know, alphabet soup behind their name of all sorts of different designations. <laughs> right. Do those carry any weight or would they be helpful to kind of know one designation over the other? And then I guess along those same lines, I often, you know, we'll see like, hey, our financial advising office has, you know, 275 years of combined financial planning experience and, you know, kind of experience claims. And, you know, sure. is there a legitimacy to that as well? There can be. You want your advisor to have some knowledge behind them, and typically they're going to, in order to have some, you know, knowledge in base things, they're going to have taken some courses, and those courses all, a lot of times are going to create designations. And you know, I've seen scenarios where folks have a, you know, a, a, like you say, like a treasure trove of all these different classes that they've taken, and they have all these different designations, and those are certainly good things. I have seen situations where I there are, you know, really good practitioners that do really good work that have not spent a whole lot of time, you know, getting more and more designations. Maybe they've got, you know, one or two behind their names, but they continue to do a lot of continuing education and they know their stuff, but they they don't really tout the designations that they've earned. You know, whereas sometimes you'll have folks that you know, they've passed this test, which now means that they've got this designation. And so, you know, a lot of times they will really amplify that. So I guess one of the things that I always you know, suggest to people is that it's part of the overall. You want to look at all the pieces of the puzzle, you know, all the different things that are there, whether it be a sales brochure or a projection or an award or or, you know, a designation. And they all go into a puzzle that's put together as to whether or not, you know, this is going to be the right person to work with. But, you know, I've seen an awful lot of situations where somebody is banging the drum about the designation that they have. You know, then I've seen other folks that are really, really good at what they do and they they hardly even mention it or maybe they don't even mention it. And so you have to look at it and say, well, OK, is is that designation meaningful? And am I impressed with the solutions that I am being presented with or is somebody just trying to sell me on their self and a particular product? You know, you can kind of sense if somebody's got your best interest at heart and they know what they're talking about and they're giving you a plan that has some flexibility, you know, and has ways of dealing with if this happens in the future, if that happens in the future, that you're still going to be okay versus, you know, hey, this is the greatest product you've ever seen or this is the best place to put your money because it's seen this kind of returns in the past. Well, when you start hearing those kinds of claims, that's less about your plan and less about you and that's more about pushing a particular product or investment that's in the marketplace. And so again, I think sometimes those should be some red flags that come up for folks. Absolutely. I think that's just another really important thing to look at and think about is those professional designations. What do they really mean? To me, a lot of the time, it seems like those are all about marketing, right? You know, if I've got the C-H-C-F-P-T-R-L-D designation, (laughs) you know, I'm just hoping that there's someone out there that only wants to work with a CHPLDFP something or another, right? You know, like, so I'm just, yeah. I want to make sure that that's out there. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you, Walter. And again, I don't want to minimize those things, you know, because, I mean, you know, if somebody's passed those tests and whatnot, that's a good thing. I just, you know, you just got to put it in the proper context, right? right? And, you know, I mean, anybody who's worth their salt and is in the industry has probably earned some designations. But again, it's more important is, is what are they really producing for you? And are they looking after your best interest? And are they creating a plan that really serves you? I think that's more important. 
Absolutely. All right, Glenn. Well, that covers, I think, this topic pretty in-depth. We don't want you to get distracted when it comes to your financial game, so make sure that things like those flashy sales brochures and, you know, maybe not realistic hypothetical projections and some of these, you know, kind of faux advisor awards, make sure those aren't distracting you from working with a real financial advisor where it's not about the glitz and the glamour, it's about the nuts and bolts of your financial plan. If you want to see what that experience is like with Glenn Mosseller and the team at Roadmap Financial Consulting, pick up the phone and give a call to 336-291-3535. That's 336-291-3535. You can come in and meet him in his office in Greensboro on Mears Chapel Road or give him a, a shout online, greensbororetirement.com, the place to go for past podcasts, lots of great information, and you can schedule a time to meet with Glenn. Just click on free consultation at the bottom of the page. Well, Glenn, thank you so much for taking the time out to join us this week, and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care, Walter. Another Retirement Roadmap podcast in the books. For Glenn, I'm Walter. We'll talk to you next time. 